0: Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Would you stand to your feet as we go into the word this morning? Matthew chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 9. This is the second in the series. And if you were not here last week, I want you to please go to the uh, podcast and listen to the message so you can get caught up with where we're going. Because uh, what I'm going to share is building on the foundation of last week. Everyone say, set it right. Set it right. Slap your neighbor to the left and tell, s- tell them, set it right. Amen. Slap the neighbor on the other t- side and tell them, set it right. You see, that's why you don't slap the person hard the first time, because you're going to get slapped by that same person the next time. I saw that. (laughs) Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9, the disciples come to Jesus and they tell him, Lord, teach us to pray. As I shared last week, I find it interesting that they don't ask the Lord, teach us to preach, teach us to heal, teach us to prophesy, or teach us even to walk on water. They ask the Lord, teach us to pray. Because it's in prayer that you'll be able to do all those other things. Prayer develops and releases a connection between heaven and earth. It opens up an ability for heaven and earth to communicate. Come on, somebody. And so when Jesus tells the disciples to pray, he tells them to pray like this in verse 9. Like this, our Father in heaven... Reveal who you are. Set the world right. Say that part with me. Set the world right. Do what's best. As above, so below. As above, so below. Pray with me now. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Jesus is implying in that statement in the prayer to set it right that he is implying that there's something wrong with the world. Amen? And, and the, the, the great man of God, Chris Rock. Okay, I'm joking. Okay, he's a comedian. But Chris Rock in his mo- a movie where he was running for president Stands there and he begins to give a speech. And as he's getting ready to give the speech, they had prepared a message for him. And he turns the teleprompter off and he just starts winging it. And he starts saying what's wrong with the world. He says, it ain't right. It ain't right when people that work at a hotel can't afford to stay in the very hotel they work in. It ain't right that the waiters that serve in a restaurant can't afford to eat in that very restaurant. It ain't right that the people that are nurses in a hospital can't afford to get sick at the hospital they work in. He said that ain't right. But I believe Jesus would add some more if that ain't right to it as well. It ain't right when we have children being molested, it ain't right that we have families going to bed hungry. It ain't right that we're seeing people dying prematurely because of diseases. It ain't right when we see families torn apart through divorce. Come on, somebody. It ain't right when we see people not having a home or a roof over their head. It ain't right. And I need you to understand that what Jesus was saying is that it's not right. There's some things going on in this world that just aren't right. There's some things that need to be set right. So Jesus is letting us know that the world isn't right, but he's also implying that we have the ability to set things right. Come on, somebody. That you have the ability, the power, because Jesus would never have us pray something that was impossible to attain. Say it again, Pastor. Jesus would not have us pray something that was impossible to attain. So if he told us to pray it, then Jesus must believe that we have the ability to transform the world around us. Somebody say amen. Amen. Slap your neighbor, say he's talking to you. So I want you to understand that the world that we live in today is broken. But the Bible that we read is filled with stories of men and women that put their world right. And and what I love about the Bible is the Bible is filled with imperfect people that perfected their world. I need you to hear me this morning, folks. Somebody got to hear me. My voice is kind of going out. I feel like something's trying to attack my body. But I'm I'm playing hurt today. All right. I'm staying in this thing for you. I'm bringing a word to you, so I need your help a little this morning. Amen? And so I need you to understand that the Bible, many of us think that I got to have my life together if I'm going to try to help someone else. I got to be perfect. I got to be able to walk on water. I got to be able to do certain things before I can affect the world around me. And that's the way I used to think. But I need you to understand that in your imperfect state that God can use you to affect and to, uh, uh, to transform the world that you live in. Oh, oh, somebody got to hear me this morning. Your marriage doesn't need to be perfect to help another marriage. Your, your kids don't have to be perfect to help someone else out, out, someone else out with their kids. I need you to hear something this morning. You don't need to be completely delivered to help lead someone else to deliverance. The Bible is filled with people who have their lives messed up, but they decided to step up and they're in their imperfect state. And God used them to set things right. I need you to understand that set it right is not a theme. It's our mandate. That's our mandate. It's not about having church. I love the fact that the house of God is filled this morning. I love the fact that we're packed this morning, but that doesn't mean a thing if we walk out of here the same way that we walked in. We're here to bring a change to the world around us. We're here to, to affect the world, not to allow the world to infect us. But I need you to understand that it's impossible at times to, to, to have a dream. It's impossible to, to dream again when our dreams have fallen apart. I want you to notice something this morning. Last week I told you about Joseph and the condition. Joseph has a dream. He shares it with his brothers. And his brothers hate him so much that they throw him into a pit, sell him into slavery. He ends up in Egypt and then from there falsely accused ends up in prison. Well, it's in prison that he finds two men that work for Pharaoh that are also thrown in prison. I'm kind of giving you just a nutshell of what last week was about. Joseph sees these men. These two men go to prison and they have a dream. When they have a dream, that the dream bothers them. And the next morning, I want you to notice what Joseph does. Joseph, number one, he sees their need. We cannot affect our world until we see the needs around us you got to see it. Open your eyes to, what, to the world around you. We are so closed off on things that we just go to work, we come home, we go to the grocery store, go home, and we try to keep our eyes. In fact, we're afraid to make eye contact with someone because we're afraid we might have to get involved in their lives, including in church. Because if I say hi to you, i got to open myself up to your issues. And I got enough issues to deal with right now. Don't be talking to me about your husband. My husband's messed up. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about my husband. I ain't I got a wife, all right? You're looking at me squared. But you got, he saw the need, and then he asked questions. And we're afraid to ask questions today because what we want to hear is, it's all right. How you doing? Oh, it's good. I'm OK. And, and we, we've lied to ourselves in the, the in, in the aspect of calling it faith. It's really fake. And we're faking our way through lives rather than faithing our way through life. God never told you to fake it till you made it. God told you to faith it till you make it. And so we we got to be honest with you know we got to be honest with one another when we're going through tough times. You know what? Ain't nobody perfect in this place. Starting with the man standing behind the pulpit. I only put a tie on so you'll listen to me. I prefer to be in shorts and a t-shirt. But you got to ask questions. Number three, the next thing he does, he got involved in their dream. And you know what, what blows me away about Joseph is it was a dream that landed him in jail to begin with. That put him in this position. But he wasn't afraid to get involved in other people's dreams. And I need you to understand that when your dream delays, invest in dreams of others. When your dream doesn't automatically come about, invest your dream into the dream of others. Get involved. You're not selling a house right now. Help someone else sell their house. Get involved in a dream of others. Because when I help someone else out, all of a sudden it's going to open up other avenues for me. Oh, somebody got to hear me this morning. All right. And then lastly, he invests himself in, in their dreams. He got involved in their dreams. He says, tell your dream to me. And so they, they tell their dream to him. I want you to notice uh, that, that they tell the, the dream to him. And after he, they, tell, they tell the dream to him, Joseph interprets the dreams for him. For the butler and the baker, he, he interprets the dreams. And so after he interprets the dreams, look what he tells him in verse 14 and 15 of chapter 40. Only remember me. Have you ever done something for someone? And then you tell them, hey, man, l- listen, uh, I'll do this for you, but you got to do this. Can you, can, can you at least do this for me? And you give them what the, the thing is, and they're like, oh, yeah, no, no problem. As long as you got something they need, everyone's willing to help you out. But the moment they get the need met, they forget about you. Now, notice what Joseph does. Only remember me when things are well with you again and tell Pharaoh about me. Get me out of this place. He goes, I was kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews, and since I've been here, I've done nothing to deserve to be in this hole. Listen to me very carefully. There are some of you in a hole right now that is not your fault. Let me try this side. There are some of you in a hole right now that's not your fault. There's only one person that really grabbed a hold of that. Uh, so the rest of you are like, no, Pastor, the hole I'm in is my fault. <laughs> that could be it. <laughs> the hole I'm in right now is totally my fault. <laughs> I'm talking to the few. Not for those of you that are, that are broke because you went and got that curved television uh, 4k television because, and you know, that's 85 inch and all this stuff for uh, $8,000 and you ain't got a job. The hole you're in right now is because of your fault. Okay. But there are some of us that end up in holes that aren't our fault. There are people around us. And because we hang out with certain people, the explosions that take place in their life, their shrapnel ends up in us. And just because we're associated with them, we end up taking the explosions off other people's lives. Joseph finds himself in a hole. That's not his fault. It was his brothers that put him there. It was was Potiphar's wife's lie that placed him there. But I need you to understand, he refused. Somebody say refused. He refused to allow the environment around him to become the environment inside of him. I need you to understand that you can turn the worst job in the world into the best job if you have the right attitude. It's in you. You have the ability to transform atmospheres. I'm here to tell you something. That just the name of Jesus has the ability to shift atmospheres. That when you walk into a middle of an argument and the name Jesus is entered in, it can shift the atmosphere. Why? Because Jesus doesn't reflect atmospheres. He changes them. He brings atmosphere. Have you ever noticed when you're down, you get that friend that makes you laugh comes walking in? And they're all happy. And they're, you're, you're down, you're sad, and they say, how you doing? And you're like, your situation hasn't changed but the atmosphere has because they carry an atmosphere that you come into agreement with and you're able to be pulled out of that depression because of the joy in someone else are you following me and so i remember as a kid one time you know when when i was a kid i used to steal a lot of things from my dad i know i wasn't always a pastor and I didn't realize I was stealing from myself because everything my dad was gathering was for me. That's a message right there. But my dad used to get, get these silver dollars, the real silver dollars, when they were made with silver. And so he would, he would collect them. Well, you know, when a new song came out on a 45, some of y'all are too young to remember what a 45 is. Or two, yeah, two. The the 45s back in the day, they had something called a record player, and you'd put music on this thing. Put not iTunes, where you digitally download everything, and so if you wanted to carry your music around, you carried your record player, your records or your tapes, and all (laughs) giving giving out my age way. Anyhow, so when I would go out to get these things, I would go into my dad's sock drawer where he kept these things. I'd take a razor and I'd cut off the top of it, slide a couple coins out, and then tape it back up again. This one time, my dad went into his sock drawer and found that there was something he put in there missing. And he blamed me for it. And this is the one time All the other times I did it. I confess I did it. But this one time I didn't. And I don't know what what happened, what it was. And I remember getting so hurt that he would have the audacity (laughs) to think that I would take that. Even though I did all the other times. (laughs) And I remember being so upset that I walked out of the house, I ran out of the house, I'm running away. And I ran out the house and I went down to the street and got to the corner and realized I have no place to go. (laughs) I sat at the corner of the street and I just sat there and my sister came down. Running after me, and she goes, "Come on, come home." So well, you know, I said, "I'm not going back there." He blamed me for taking this, and how dare he blame me for this? And I was so upset. I mean, I was angry. I said, "I'm going to Grandma's house," and Grandma didn't want me there. And I'm saying, "I'm, I'm going to Grandma's house. I'm going to go stay with her." And I remember just sitting there, and, and she goes, come, just come home. Come on." And so she, she she takes me back down the street. And my sister, you know, her and I were never really close growing up. She's five years older than I am, and so I was just the pain in her neck. I was the one that always got it. You know, stay out of my room. I put. Her, my foot, my toe right on the edge of her, her doorway, and she would just say, get out of my room. And so we, all we did was fight, but she always came to my rescue. When the, when the neighborhood bully beat me up, my sister went down and took him down. I was like seven years old, and this guy was like a junior in high school. My sister came down and took this dude out. She was beating on him. He, she, he's like, like, Debbie, stop it. Stop it. I don't want to hit you. I don't want." And he, she was just going off on the guy. And I was like, man, my sister got my back. She's beating up this dude. She got my back. She, came, she was the only one that chased me out of the house to, to see if I, how I was doing. When my daughter got sick with leukemia, she was always there with meals. And she lived in Sacramento, was always taking care of us. My sister was always there for us. But I remember she brought me home, and we get back in the house, and my mom's going crazy. "Oh, the house is falling apart, Our family is dying. Oh God!" And she's just losing it, she's losing it. Everything is a, Oh God!" And she's just, "Oh Daddy, and she's yelling at my dad, and my dad already went to bed. He's in bed. <laughs> Uh, He's he's not even concerned about what's going on. My mom is screaming, what are you doing up there sleeping? The family's falling apart. Get down here. And so I walk in the door. I'm not going up there. And so finally she pulls him out of bed and my dad comes down the stairs. And my dad, you know what? I tell you what, my dad may not have been perfect, but he knew the perfect father. My My dad had a relationship with the perfect father. And so he knew how to fix situations and my dad just got comes downstairs and the family's standing there and he, he starts grabbing hands and he goes, let's let's hold hands. I knew what he was doing. It's like oh, no 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 You ain't pulling this God thing on me, man. You 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 just lied. You just you just lied you falsely accuse me like Jesus was falsely accused. And, and so my dad, he's grabbing hands, and I'm giving my dad the fish hand. You know what the fish hand is? You ever shake people's hands at church, and they just give you the, I mean, man, you know, hold my hand. Squeeze it. Let me know you're there. That drives me crazy. God bless you. Like this... I, mean, I mean, don't squeeze my hand. There was one dude that had a vice grip. It's like I stayed away from him. Hey, Pastor. Hey. <laughs> God bless you. Hey, hey. <laughs> let's hug. We hug here. <laughs> and my dad's standing there and we're in the circle. My mom, oh, God, we're falling apart. My sister's just quiet. My dad is just, and he just starts this Father, we just worship you. So, worship you? I ain't worshiping nobody right now. You offended me. And you worship, we ain't, Father, we just worship you right now. We just thank you right now. Satan, you will not destroy this family. Satan's not destroying this family. You're destroying this family. Don't be blaming it on Satan right now. And I'm standing, but as soon as he brings in Satan, I'm like, oh no. If I disagree with my dad right now, that means I'm on the side of Satan. And you know what? I'm upset, but I'm not going to hell over being upset about this thing. And my dad just starts praying and he just starts inviting the presence of God. And the whole atmosphere of anger and bitterness shifts. To, I'm crying. I'm hugging on my dad. Oh, dad, I love you. I for, my dad, I forgive you. My dad, forgive you. You stole everything from me, boy. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. I'm here to tell you that Jesus' name isn't a name that you invoke. He's not a spirit that you invoke. He is God who you invite. And we invite the presence of God. And so everything we go through in life is God filtered. And I want you to notice what happens here. He tells him, remember me. And I I need you to understand that sometimes the dreams that you have in life are going to feel more like nightmares. Come on, the moment you started talking about starting that business, and then all of hell broke loose against you, the moment you started trying, talking about getting married, or the moment you started talking about starting that ministry, all kinds of things started taking place. I want you to know that some dreams that you go through might feel like you're going through a nightmare. But I want you to notice is that Joseph lends help, then he shares his story with them. He lends help, then he shares his story. You, you can't share your story with others until you first help them. Many, many of us want to tell people, have you ever had someone come up and start telling their problems to you? And then they start sharing their problem instead? I came to you for help. See, sometimes you got to listen to others' problems before you share your story with them. Because everyone's out there has a need. There's people that are hurt. But when you listen to others, they'll listen to you. It, I think one of the things that we lack in America today is the ability to listen. You ever see people fight? Let me give you a key that will save your marriage, those of you married, when you argue. Listen to reply. I mean, listen to understand, not to reply. Listen to understand, not to reply. Whenever we're in an argument, we're waiting for the pause for her to take a breath so I can not now start talking. We're not even listening to what they're saying because everything coming out their mouth is uh uh-uh, uh. And as soon as they pause, now I'm going to just stop for a moment and listen to the words they're saying to understand not just what they're saying, but how they're saying from their heart. Because, like I said, now don't get mad at me, ladies. I'm talking generalities here. But women normally don't argue facts. Women argue feeling. And when a woman feels a certain way, to her it's fact. You never take me out. We never go anywhere. You never say I love you. I told you the day I married you I loved you. So that's not true. But a feeling to a woman is just as powerful as a fact is to a man. And men will normally not argue feeling. Oh, you just hurt my feelings. I just... Men are normally, unless you're Daniel Guad, most men just. Ha. Happy anniversary, by the way. Happy anniversary to both of you guys. We love you. They run our married couples ministry. I'm so proud of you guys. God bless you. It's switched with you guys. He's the filler, you're the factor. He's crying right now. He's crying right now. I, Oh Lord (laughs) this church oh God check this out so Joseph Joseph helps out he was able Joseph was able to transform the prison atmosphere into a palace atmosphere he didn't allow those atmospheres around him to get into him in him he shifted them but one thing happens. Look, when, when the cupbearer goes back to his regular job, look at verse four, chapter 40, verse 23. The chief cupbearer, the guy that he shared the dream with, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. That sucks. Really? After all I did for you. I interpreted your dream, you got your job back, and you're gonna forget me. And Joseph once again is going through this struggle. You know, it's hard that when you help some people, you, you don't even get a thank you. You know, we just passed Christmas. You know, you, you give gifts to people, and you you expect a thank you. Instead of a oh, Oh, it's about time. I was wondering where that was at. Gratitude is important. Gratitude is vital, but I I want you to notice I'm I'm gonna close this up. Stay with me on this, okay? Pharaoh has a dream now. After the cupbearer forgets, so we have this story Joseph has a dream, the butler and the baker have a dream, now Pharaoh has a dream. I'm here to tell you something dreams beget dreams. When you get around other dreamers, you'll start dreaming. Dreams are are contagious, just like complaining is. If all you do is complain instead of dream, check who you're hanging out with. Because you can't dream in certain atmospheres. Certain atmospheres are not conducive to dreams. They kill them. And you got those people that, that like balloons. I, I had my birthday a while back, and Master's Commission put all these balloons in my office. And uh, Pastor Nick was messing with me, with the, and they did, did it all the way down the hallway. And so a couple of the balloons fell, and Pastor Nick just stepped on them and says, clean this hallway, get all these balloons out of here. And he just he was joking around, but there, there are people that operate their lives in the same way, that whenever you have a dream and you start showing your dream, they love coming around and popping your dreams. The dream poppers. <laughs> because they settled in life, they want you to settle in life as well. They don't want you dreaming beyond them. They want you to stay right where you are. Dreams beget dreams. They create certain atmospheres. And so I want you to notice that he, he has a dream. We're going to close. Worship team, if you could help me, I want you to notice this. I want you to grab a hold of this. This is really powerful. He has a dream, but he doesn't have anyone to interpret the dream. No one can help him. Then the cupbearer says in verse 9, I totally am reminded of my shortcomings. He's going, oh man, my bad. Pharaoh, there's this dude in prison that when you sent me away, interpreted my dream, and it came to pass, that this guy can tell you what your dream is. And notice what happens. I I need you to understand something. You cannot be remembered if you were never introduced. Did you understand that some of those problem people that came your way was supposed to be your butler or your baker to reach your pharaoh? you You totally missed that. That the very people that you see coming that have a problem that you're turning away from are the very people that have the ability to connect you to Pharaoh. But because you don't want to involve yourself in the lives of others, you've missed out on your opportunity of promotion. So you can't be remembered until you first have been introduced. The Bible says in Proverbs 18:16 that a man's Gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. You know, your gift. Come on, Brother Dan. Dan the man, of all people, bro. This is on podcast. For those of you that just heard that sound on the podcast, that was Brother Dan the man. I love that guy. That's the only reason I'm messing with him. And you too, Danny. It would have been nice if it was your phone. (laughs) But your gift makes room for you. Listen to me, seriously. Your, Your gift makes room for you. Some of you are working so hard on your weaknesses that you're neglecting your strengths. Take time and build your strengths. You'll never get paid for doing the mediocre. But people will bend over backwards and outbid for your services when you're great in an area. Build your strength. Build your strength. If you're good with people, develop that. If you're great with computers, develop that. Focus in on what you're good at. I want you to notice verse 14. Still with me? So Pharaoh sent for Joseph. Check this out. This is so powerful. And he was quickly. Everyone say quickly. Brought up from the dungeon. Say dungeon. When he was shaved. Somebody say shaved. And changed his clothes He came before Pharaoh. Oh, somebody, I need you to hear me this morning. I'm about to release a prophetic word over your life right now. I'm declaring right now prophetically, you need to stay ready. You need to stay prepared right now. Why? Because your season has the ability to shift in a moment. He went from the dungeon right in front of Pharaoh, went from the depths of the prison right into the palace. I need you to know you are one step away from your promotion season. In one moment, he was elevated. He was cleaned up. Oh. Some of y'all are about to get cleaned up in a moment. You know that addiction? You're about to get cleaned up. You know that foul mouth of yours? It's about to get cleaned up. You know, you know that, 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 that uh, you know, you're a good person, but all of a sudden you start hitting the bottle, you start changing, it's going to get cleaned up. You're about to get cleaned up. But all these things took place because they were preparing him to stand before the king. I want you to know right now, you have access to the king. You in the prison right now, you have access to the king. Face to face, you have access to the king. Oh, come on, somebody. See, you can't, you can't understand or interpret other people's dreams When you're frustrated by your own dream. Joseph wasn't frustrated with his dream. He was dealing with the process. And I have have a pastor friend that's the, uh, he's a chaplain for the San Diego Chargers. And he said this, Pastor Terrell Fletcher used to play for the Chargers back in the day. And he made this comment. He goes, no matter how spiritual you are, you can't pray yourself out of the process. You cannot pray yourself out of the process. No matter, Jesus, as spiritual and as as him being God, stood before the Lord, kneeling down, crying before God and saying, God, if it's your will, let this cup pass from me. But even Jesus wasn't too spiritual enough to go through, to get to his destiny without first going through the process. There are some processes that hurt that we go through. But if you stay with it, There's glory on the other side. Because of time, I don't have time to break this down, but I want you to notice in verse 41, all of a sudden, after he interprets a dream, he says, you need to set someone in charge to take care of administrating everything that's going to come in. And the king gives, Pharaoh gives him a signet ring, which means authority, fine clothing, which means wealth, A gold chain which talks about position. A second chariot which talks about his power. Gave him also a new name, an Egyptian name. And then lastly gave him a wife. Gave him a relationship. Because you can't operate in that power position without being a citizen. So I'm going to make you a citizen of our country as well. By giving you a wife. You know what, what I want you to understand? That there's four different occasions where Joseph's clothes are taken from him. His dad gives him a robe. It's taken by his brothers. He finds himself at Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife steals his robe. Finds himself in prison. They take his robe to get him prepared to go to Pharaoh. When he stands before Pharaoh, Pharaoh takes his robe and puts royal garments around him. I want you to understand. Listen to me closely. You have some people in your life that have been pulling on you. They've been taking away your identity. But I'm here to tell you, they can take away your clothes, but they can't take away your dreams everyone have your papers I want you right now start filling out these papers make sure your papers start identifying these things if you don't have a paper write it in your phone but I want you to start identifying your dream but before you do that before you do that listen to this final thing I got got to share with you in verse 51 Joseph is now second in charge in Egypt. And it says, Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh. Everyone say Manasseh. Manasseh, the name means forget. He has a second son. And the second son's name is Ephraim. Ephraim means fruitful. Anyone catching this yet? You cannot give birth... To a Ephraim, until you first give birth to a Manasseh. You cannot be fruitful until you first have become forgetful. Many of you are trying to dream, and you're struggling because you're holding, you're holding memories of things that people have done to you. It's not your fault. You're in the pit. Not your fault. You're in the prison. But it was someone else's doing that put you there. But you'll never be able to move on until you forget about it. And forgive them. That molestation wasn't your fault. But sweetheart, son, you got to move on. Not for them, but for you. You need to move on. Because it's time for you to start producing And Ephraim, it's time for you to start being fruitful. Not just going through the motions any longer. We need to produce forgetfulness before we produce fruitfulness. And that's why many of us are struggling to be fruitful in our lives. Is because we're still holding on to memories of things that people have done to us. Listen, set yourself free today. Set yourself free. Well, pastor, they hurt me. Set yourself free today. Pastor, you don't know what they did to me. Set yourself free today. That was a, a moment happening, but yet it's keeping you in bondage forever. Don't let them hurt you any longer. Let them go. And let it go. Joseph, when he saw his brothers bowing before him, told them this. It wasn't you that did this to me. It was God. Now you did this to me, but God took it and made it good. For all things work together for those that love God. For all those that love God are called according to his purpose. I I need you to understand something this morning: that God loves you. And everything you go through, he's going to filter through love, grace, and mercy. Love, grace, and mercy. Love, grace, and mercy. It's going to go through the filter of love, grace, and mercy. And the same way a water filter gets rid of the the, the bad elements and metals that are in your water is the same way God will remove those memories, remove those hurts, remove those pains so you can become fruitful once again. As you're writing your things, would you sing? Go ahead, G. G. She sing over everyone as they begin to write just begin to write and identify we're going to close here in a moment the moment you're done would you stand to your feet once you have your dream written down thank you for downloading this message for more information on our church visit us at cwcbayarea.com you can also follow us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwc bay area